why not uh, firearm safety? Just firearms training is, is key. You no know, guns are an excellent tool. If you are required to pull out that 10-day form or your background check, you should also be required to attend a class. Of course, so you can obtain that firearm and take that firearm home with you. But we're going to follow these rules. My shout-out to you this week is to Jason. Well, this story just got off. My shout-outs to Ed. Like I said to Jason, I used to take a huge... It's <laughs> <laughs> going down. I missed you guys. Adam Has a Beard is sponsored by Trail Boards and BohoSoul.com. I'm all about it, bro. Yeah, we all know it's not right. We all, we all want... We all want change. We've been reacting rather than responding. We can say this, we can't say that. We can do this. Whoa, we better slow down, we cannot. We're not going to stand for this frustrating, endless story. Because we hold a lot of fear around speaking our truths. Everybody, everybody should know that they can find The Refined Man at therefinedman.club or on Instagram at therefinedmanbarbershop. Never get it wrong, man. Never get it wrong. This is the law that you chose to uphold. You need to uphold this law. Um, I really want to. I really want to talk about that. Yeah, that guy's, you know, James Naswood. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Love you back, dude. Don't Hell forget yeah, that, man. Know that too. All right, we're recording. Hello, Washington, America, planet Earth, and now Facebook. A special shout out to our first responders as well as our armed men and women overseas. If you're in Olympia, stop at Refined Man, Austin, Texas. Visit. Treo Skate Shop, and Boho Soul. We have uh, for you a very special episode of Adam Has a Beard. Chief Lauren Culp, candidate for governor of Washington, has joined us for a conversation. Thank you to Lisa Mathis, Nick Culp, and of course the chief himself for helping arrange this. We've gathered some questions from you. We've even added a few of our own. Here to present those questions is Adam Gonzalez and our very own Sean Jarvis. And with that, Adam, I'm going to give you the floor. You know, I was talking to you guys earlier. This book that Lauren Culp has put up, it's called American Cop Upholding the Constitution and Defending Your Right to Bear Arms, is absolutely fantastic. I've learned some things about the Constitution, things about... uh law that we should all possibly understand i mean you sean you are you're a police officer we're a police officer so you kind of got the uh, the gist of how some of the basic rules that we should all live by you know kind of function yeah. you know what so have you had ever had to come across something like that a second amendment or having to come uh deal with some things like hey you know what this is not right um i i I can't stand by this because it's unconstitutional have you ever had to deal with something like that um i was lucky to not not get input into a a situation like that so i can't i don't have the experience for that so yeah man i mean i just can't imagine what uh, you know some of these sheriffs and obviously you know chief Culp coming on here pretty soon it had to ever had to deal with like that and stand up to somebody some big authority saying hey that's not going to happen. I'm not going to infringe on these people's rights. I'm not going to get in there and I'm not going to get in into the mix and put these people through the ringer for something that's right there in the Constitution. Sure, I believe the Constitution is a, is a breathing document, a breathing living document because we can make amendments and we can do all sorts of things. But at the same time, some of them are just speak for themselves. You know what I mean? That Second Amendment speaks for itself. That First Amendment speaks for itself. You know, what? What would? Why would 
people decide to go up against it and think it's okay. That's just, it's just riveting to me, you know? Yeah. You just chip away at it. Yeah. You, they you chip just, away at it. And... You just chip You say that the freedom of speech is everything except this and everybody says yeah you know eating babies saying you want to eat babies that's crazy you can't say that and then all of a sudden it's uh judas priest can't say um you know whatever they said and ozzy you know he can't say what he says and then eventually you can't do anything i you know there's people that fight fight against it and there's people that are fighting for it you know yeah i think that a lot majority of us are all the ones who fight for it we we want to write music. We want to play music. We want to say this in music. We want to, you know, we believe in our music or we want to write books. We want to write laws. We want to, but we want to help or we, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It just makes zero sense. I think if you raise your children with the morals and character that you believe they need, then they can overcome an Ozzy or avoid the Ozzy altogether if that's what they choose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Uh-oh. Oh, she's here. How you doing, Chief? <laughs> Good. Man, I just uh, was telling these guys a little bit earlier, I was reading your book. Um, I've already read it twice. since. Oh, then. excellent. So I've gotten it. Uh, American Cop, Upholding the Constitution and Defending Your Right to Bear Arms. What a fantastic piece of... of of knowledge you know well you- thank you very much i appreciate that thank you sir. yeah i wrote that back in 2018 actually in yeah. uh, one month <laughs> in one month wow yeah while still working yeah that's awesome i i i like i said i read it twice and uh and and as soon as i got uh reading it done, done reading it the first time i got in with these guys and said hey you guys have got to read this because i learned this you know <laughs> yeah that's excellent yeah so Man, I, uh, I again, I appreciate your time. I, we got lots of questions for you, man, and we're just uh, we're let's just jump into it if you're okay with it. Absolutely, let's go. Alrighty, sir. Let's so so we first thing I, I I wanted to know is what ideas and plans do you have, Mr. Culp, Chief Culp, have to fight the opioid uh, addiction that has taken control of Washington State? It's it's heinous. We all see it. Everybody sees it. Right. Yeah. It, it's referred to as the homeless crisis a lot, you know, on the news. And um, yeah, you know, people have just taken over the streets of our cities and it's, it's bleeding out definitely into the smaller towns as well. And I, I've had the same viewpoint I've had since day one of my campaign when I made my announcement speech uh, in the park here in Republic to over 100 people. Um, it's not you know, the, this homeless crisis, it's not about homes. You know, like my competitor said, we need to build homes for all these people, um, including Jay Inslee, you know, and spend millions and millions of taxpayers' dollars and get all these people a home, an apartment or a house or, a, you know, a tiny home, whatever. But all that's going to do is attract more and more people from other states to keep coming here because, you know, they'll show up with their hand up and say, hey, I don't have a home either. Build me one. It'll be a perpetual building program. We need to focus, and I've said this since day one, on the real problem, which is the uh, alcohol and drug addiction and the mental health problems that we have in this state. And we're not doing it right now. You know, we're spending billions of taxpayer dollars uh, and spending it on this problem, but not focusing on the, the core issue, you know, which, which isn't homes, it's the addiction and mental health. And Western State Hospital under Jay Watch uh, lost its certification. 
from the federal government. And along with that went millions of dollars yeah. that were helping these people. So it, it lost its certification because it wasn't safe for people that were there getting treatment. It wasn't safe for the staff. So they got a $33 billion, uh, million dollar budget to upgrade Western State Hospital. And 24 million of that, uh, the last report that I read, had been spent to fix it. But only 8 million of that money went to the contractor actually doing the work. The rest for, was for administrative costs. And now there's a lawsuit between the contractor and the state over it. Oh, this wow. is this is the failed leadership that's going on right now, and that's just one small example. But um, I was a narcotics detective for three years. You know, a lot of people think of me as a chief of police. You know, I've only been a police officer for ten years. Yeah. Prior to that, I served in the United States military for four years. I was a sergeant in the 101st Airborne Division, um, and then after that, I ran my own business in the Olympia area. I was a, a contractor. Started out with nothing. You know, I, I've had nothing handed to me in my life. I started that business with nothing. A little 1977 Datsun pickup truck is how I started out. And yeah. built it up to having multiple crews, multiple trucks doing jobs all over Puget Sound for over 20 years. And then sold that business to my son. And when the job opening came open for a police officer, because that was my childhood dream. But spending three years as a narcotics detective gave me a very unique perspective on what's going on you know, yeah. with the homeless crisis and getting people, because most of the people that are addicted to drugs, they're not bad people. You know, there's a criminal element in there, um, but most of the people just made a bad choice and got addicted to heroin or meth. And they're, you know, in their, their core, they're good people. They just can't get that monkey off their back without yeah. a boot in the butt. And that's what we found here in this area, um, strict enforcement and then compassionate treatment. And, and that's what's helped to turn people's lives around so much. Um, I, I did an interview on, you know, I do a Facebook Live uh, event three times a week on my Facebook page at Colt for Governor. And a few weeks ago, I interviewed one of those people um, that I have helped here in this area. Oh, he used nice. to be a drug, a drug dealer and a drug user. And he, he got that little boot in the butt when he got arrested, sent to jail, and the judge gave him a choice, you know, treatment or prison. And he chose treatment. And after getting his life together, um, he came back. And when he saw me, he came up and gave me a big hug. You know, he hated me when I arrested him, obviously. I was ruining his life at that time. Sure. And he gave me a big hug because he got clean. He got his kids back, you know, because his kids had been taken from him. And he got a job. He got married. He, he owns his own home now. And he's a productive member of our community. He said he couldn't have done it on his own. He you can't quit heroin on your own. Mm -hmm. And, right. you know, we've seen that so many times of getting people out of that cycle of addiction. You know, the left says that it, it is, um, it's not compassionate to put addicts in jail. They're addicts. We just need to leave them alone. But that is so wrong. It just leaves them stuck in that cycle of addiction. They, they can't get out on their own. They need that push. So that, that's my answer to that. <laughs> Tough love. <laughs> Tough, uh, I, I exactly. You can see that all over, man. I mean, the streets right. are, are filled with these people. I mean, Olympia is where I'm at is just absolutely horrendous. And you see that you see. It is. Yeah. And you know, so many times in these places that the police won't arrest you for a, a drug crime because right. the prosecutors in the areas won't prosecute them because they don't think it's compassionate. Right. You know, so, so you get just like with the housing thing, if we started building houses, 
people from other states are going to come here. The same thing is with the, with the uh, enforcement of our drug crimes. If people aren't going to get arrested for possession of heroin, and in King County, I heard it's up to eight grams of heroin now. If wow. you're not going to arrest them, that's going to attract people from all over the United States to come here because they want to continue to in their addiction. You know, they're addicted. They want to continue with it. They're doing all they can to get their next fix. And so they come to places like Seattle, King County, uh, and places that are enforcing it so that they can continue with what they want to do. And so that's why we've seen this big influx of, of this people living on the street over the last 10 years. You know, it didn't used to be like that. Yeah, no, you know, no. the, there were always a few, we called them bums back when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, that didn't want to work. They did, didn't want to get a job. They just wanted to do what they wanted to do. But now, I mean, it's exploded and it's because of our failed policies. Yeah. I think I it goes hand in hand with the uh, destruction of family values, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. I talked about that actually last night on my live. Um, we need, if we don't have disciplined children, then they grow up to be undisciplined adults as well. And then the, the justice system has to be the discipline for them. So I, I talked about that too. You know, Agreed. when I was in, <laughs> did you see it? Okay. Yeah. I when I was in school, we had, the teachers had a paddle. You know, it wasn't abusive, but if you got out of line, you got to swat across the butt. You knew it was nobody there. wanted that. <laughs> you didn't want that justice. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, children. But you learn, you, you know, you learn self-control. You yeah. learn discipline and, and, and you children, learn manners. Children need to learn that before they're adults. I agree with that. They need exactly. to learn, learn the lessons with the safety of the education of their parents being there to say what just happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't wait till they're teenagers to start either. Like no. I see happen a lot. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Go ahead, Sean. All right, Chief. Um, what ideas or plans do you have for the current gun laws in place? And if you plan on trying to change them, and what does that look like for us as Washingtonians? Well, as, as a lot of people know, I mean, that's kind of what started me uh, being known around the state and around the country, well, around the world, actually because we heard from a lot of people from Australia and Great Britain and Canada. Uh, but back in 2018, I, I stood up against the, the anti-gun initiative 1639 and said I would not enforce it because it's a violation of citizens' constitutional rights. And I took an oath of office three times to uphold and defend the Constitution. And so I've, I made a stand way back in 2018 when nobody was thinking about governor. I, I wasn't asking for a vote. I wasn't asking for donations. You know, candidates can tell you whatever that you want to hear right now. And that's what they do because they want to vote and they want a, a donation. But I had, I had nothing to gain. I could have been fired the next day. You know, I'm an appointed police chief. I'm not elected. So if my mayor didn't agree with my stance back then, he could have fired me the next day. But thankfully, he, he didn't. Um, but I didn't ask permission at the time to do it. I just did it because it was the right thing to do. And I was asked by the citizens. But the, the anti-gun laws are, are absolutely ridiculous, you know, and um, there will be an executive order that the state patrol will not enforce uh, any laws that violate the Constitution. And the Washington State Constitution is very, very clear. You know, it, there's no guesswork in it. You know, there's been arguments about the Second Amendment, you know, and the militia, etc. But the Washington State Constitution in Article 1, Section 24 says that the right of the individual citizen to bear arms in defense of himself or the state shall not be impaired. And that's very simple. And that is the rule of law. 
You know, nothing supersedes that. And so I, I will have a direct effect on the state patrol. I will issue a letter that they, it will not be enforced if it's unconstitutional. And that goes for any, any uh, action that they take. They're going to abide by the Constitution. And I will also remind the sheriffs in every county that they are the supreme law enforcement officer in their county, and they decide what's enforced and what's not enforced within the county borders. So as far as repealing 1639, I will push for that. You know, the governor is not a dictator and it's going to take the legislature. Hopefully everyone pays attention to all of those races as well. You know, not just the governor, but the AG, uh, legislators, and we can get that uh, overturned. And I will sign that bill when it comes across my desk. So, and that, you know, I'll just remind people, I say this all the time. I've got three rules for any bill that comes across my desk as the next governor. Number one, is it constitutional? You know, because that's the rule book for our government. And if it's not constitutional, I'll veto it. And number two, is it good? And will it help the citizens of Washington state? Because our government is supposed to work for the citizens. We, the people created the government. And it says in Article 1, Section 1 of, of the Washington State Constitution that the power is inherent in the people and our government was created to protect citizens' rights. Very first thing that our founders of this state put in our Constitution. So if it's not good for the citizens, I'm not going to sign it. And number three is can we afford it without any new taxes? Nice. I mean, we're, you see we're already overtaxed everywhere you could think of. Oh, overtaxed and overregulated. Definitely. 100%. So the the next question I have for you, sir, is, uh, you know, we're seeing the highest number of unemployment, just absurdly amount. I mean, this is like, this is a first for our state. It is. And with all the financial happenings, you know, hardships happening and current future hardships uh, coming down the line due to the COVID, you know, 19 lockdown plans or ideas, um, you have to help uh, help Washington back on its feet or what to recover from such a such a hit you know right yeah um you know Ronald Reagan said back in the 80s and by the way I served under President Ronald Reagan in the military uh, yeah. a great leader and he he made the statement that government is not the answer government is the problem and I I wholeheartedly agree with that and I'm going to work like nobody you've ever seen to try to get government out of our lives, out of our businesses, and get their hand out of our pocket. Every time we turn around, there, there's a new regulation, there's a new law, there's higher taxes, and it does nothing but suppress the citizens. You know, I'm, I'm a big individual freedom and liberty guy. It, um, if you're not infringing on your neighbor's rights, then the government should pretty much butt out. And so I'm going to work to lessen regulations and lower taxes and appoint people to the department heads that have the same viewpoint that I do about government, that government is there to serve the people, not the other way around. Sure. And so we're going to get government off our back and let free people do what they do, which is build businesses and run them. You know, nobody knows how to run a business or cares more about their business than the business owner and the employees of that business. The state doesn't, you know, and I know from running my own business for 20 years that there's a lot of regulations and a lot of taxes. It's just killing our small businesses. And once, once the government gets off of our backs and quits telling us what to do every time you turn around, the, the people 
uh, will prosper. You know, yeah. they'll be free to build a business. They'll be free to go to work wherever they want to. And I believe in the citizens, the spirit of Americans to uh, bring this country and this state back. Government just needs to get the hell out of the way. 100% agreed. Agreed, sir. Well said. Go ahead, Sean. All right. Let's see here. Uh, what ideas or plans do you have in regards to Washington's, Washington state taxes and where the collected funds should go? Yeah, I, you know, we had the lottery implemented to help the schools. Um, we have the marijuana tax, mm -hmm. you know, to help schools. I think wherever a tax uh, is supposed to go, that's where it should go. And I don't, I mean, we don't have a problem raising revenue in this state. Jay Inslee, since he's been in office, the state budget has gone from approximately $30 billion a year to almost $60 billion a year in just seven or eight years. It's doubled. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't, I don't see any benefit to me or my family um, with an extra $30 billion a year. Nope. So we need to get a handle, obviously, on spending, you know, because we're not getting any better services than we did eight years ago. So why are we, why are we having $30 billion more sucked out of our pockets? and going to the state government. It makes absolutely no sense. Where is it so, going exactly? Exactly. And so when money is, is taxed, you know, the government doesn't create money on its own. It doesn't, it doesn't sell anything. Um, it's taken from the citizens. So if money is going to be taken out of the citizens' pockets for a specific reason, it needs to be spent on that specific reason. Okay. Uh, you see that on, you know, transportation is dealing with a lot of issues regarding lacks of funds and freezing and uh, pretty much all the whole government, you know, freezing, uh, hiring. And you could see the deterioration of the roads, you know, that's right. And, and it's ridiculous. And we, some of those things should be coming to, to, uh, to transportation or to corrections or to, to L and I or to the department of health. And we don't, we don't see that. And it's, it's a little, right. little scary and unnerving to see all that money just sit somewhere. Exactly. Or be given to Nigerians, right? Hundreds of, <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, so Inslee got the had, email too, huh? <laughs> they, had, they, had, they had two jobs, right? They, yep. had, they had the job to protect our money, and yep. they had the job of getting unemployment benefits out to the citizens that, that paid into it. And they didn't do either. I, I'm hearing from people now that have been waiting uh, a month and a half and still have not gotten a check or they've been flagged as a fraud, 100%. but they managed to send hundreds of millions of dollars to Nigerians. And I, I heard they got some of that back. Um, lucky for them, but uh, the head of that department would have been fired the next day if I was governor. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's Good. a story uh, you're discussing you're in paper itself. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Chief Culp, here's a good one for you, sir. All right. If you were governor right now, how would you have handled the the the, the pandemic? I'm, I've said this since it started, that um, you know the First Amendment says that we have the right to peacefully assemble, and we have the right to our religious freedom, uh, among other things. Uh, it doesn't say that you have these rights unless there's an emergency. It doesn't say that. 
and our rights were given to us by our creator. It says that right in the Declaration of Independence. So something that, that God gives you, no man should be able to take away, you know, without due process. Obviously, if you're charged with a crime, you go through the uh, court process and you found guilty, then yeah, your rights are going to be taken away. You're going to jail. But free citizens, we've been put on house arrest and, and without any due process, but only because one person said that's what's going to happen. And no one person should have that kind of power. You know, it's not granted to him by the Constitution. Uh, the legislature uh, passed a law and said that in case of emergency, the governor can do this, this, and this. Well, I'm going to work to get that rescinded. There's no, absolutely no reason why a, a government official should be able to take citizens' rights away and put them on house arrest. We've never had anything like this in our lifetime, in, in our history, you know, where, um, I mean, we've had, we've had AIDS, we've had SARS, we've had all kinds of pandemics, and never has our government taken our rights away. Um, and th this is absolutely ridiculous. You know, in World War II, a, a Democrat president took away the rights of Japanese Americans and took them out of their homes, out of their businesses, and put them in internment camps, yep. hundreds of thousands of them for our safety. It's, you know, have you ever noticed it's always about our safety or the children? That's right. the excuse they use all the time. But you cannot trample on people's God-given rights. And that's one thing I will never do. Right. I would have press conferences with the medical professionals that would, would have explained what's going on, you know, what they think is going on. Obviously, you know, it was pretty cloudy in the beginning, right? Oh, 100%. Um, but they would explain you know, the best way to protect yourself from a virus. That, that's pretty simple. Yeah. And, and give the information to the citizens in a press conference with medical professionals. I'm not a medical professional. Jay Inslee is not a medical professional. Uh, the only thing he is, is a, a professional politician. <clears throat> so get the information out to citizens. This is what you should do. This is what may, <clears throat> excuse me, this is what may happen if you don't do it. Um, and as governor, I would make sure that the, the supply channels are open to get the medical supplies that we need or may need. Um, and then let the citizens decide what's best for their business and their family. And let the customers of those businesses decide what's best for them. If they don't want to go into a cafe, then the cafe would end up shutting down anyway. But right. you don't need a, a dictator in there saying that, okay, there's a virus. You guys are going to stay home. You guys can go to work because you're government contractors, um, but mom and pop shops, you, you guys need to shut down. Unless you're a marijuana store, you know, you can stay open. If you're an abortion <laughs> clinic, you're okay, but you can't go into your cafe and, and the gun shops, you know, we got to shut those down because those are places that the virus will definitely get you, right? It's, it's just so stupid. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I, I mean, is. I was driving by and I was like, because... <clears throat> Just driving by to to go to work, you see lines out the the marijuana shops, and by no means am I saying don't open your shops. I'm saying, why are you open? And I can't go in and support this local business that I know they worked their tail off to get open right. and to keep open, and <clears throat> or go get a haircut, sir. I'm wearing a hat right. because my hair looks ridiculous. I can't go <laughs> get a haircut. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it, I I have a friend that's a barber, and he doesn't give a 
a crap about what JNC says. He's a free American. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I like that guy. I like that already. Shout out to that barber. <laughs> yeah. you know? Absolutely. All right, Sean, go ahead. All right, Chief. Uh, what is the most important piece of your campaign platform? The most important piece is restoring individual freedom and liberty back to the citizens of Washington State, getting our government off our back, reducing regulations, reducing taxes, and um, freeing the American people. That, that's what a government's role is. Like I said earlier, Article 1, Section 1, the, the, the main job of the government is to protect citizens' rights. Absolutely. <clears throat> In, in, in respect to, to that, you, what you just said, sir, you, we're, we're clearly seeing some heinous time right now with the whole George Floyd thing, um, which is, you know, just an outrage. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's, there's a way, a way to, to, to unite everybody? I mean. Yeah, I think my feeling is most of the citizens of Washington state are united in agreeing that the person and people involved in killing George Floyd need justice. They need swift and harsh justice. There's no doubt about that. Citizens are united in that. Uh, What they're not united in is this small criminal element that is using these uh, protests to wreak havoc in our communities, to, to burn down businesses, to hurt people. Um, that's what we're not united on it. I, I mean, we, we are united on that. Um, we're not united on uh, damaging businesses and causing fires and, and chaos. There's a small criminal element that's using that uh, to do that and to create havoc. And I, I think for the most part, Washington's citizens are united. Yeah, I agree. I, it, and the, I mean, the best way to unite them is obviously what, what happened those police officers were arrested by police officers, right? I, I've been in law enforcement for 10 years. I, I was sickened to watch that. That is, no one is trained to do that. That's not in anybody's policy. You know, the, the man was on the ground and he held his knee on his neck for eight to 10 minutes. That, that There's no tactic ever taught to do that to someone. And so I'm glad to see that they were arrested and sent to jail. Um, so I, I think that everyone's united in that, you know, and I'd like to point out too, there's a man named David Dorn um, from St. Louis. He's, uh, he was about 70 years old. He's a retired police officer, a retired police chief, 35 years uh, serving his community. Um, and he's a black man. And he was standing outside a business in St. Louis when the rioters and the looters came and he tried to protect that business and they shot him and he fell to the ground on the sidewalk while they're continuing to break into the business he was trying to protect and started running out with stuff. There was a, a, a person who came to his aid who just happened to be live on, on Facebook or Twitter, one or the other Facebook and captured uh, David Dorn dying, bleeding out on the sidewalk while these guys were running all over the place, looting it. You know, it's where's the outrage? Yeah. Where's the where's outrage the on that? that? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Exactly. It's right here. Yeah. yeah. You know, the world, the world itself is exploding. You know, the, that powder keg that, 
that the that the the African American community has been dealing with for a long time. It has always been a powder keg, has always been an issue, a hotbed. Why can't they be free from this? And it, it's it's just it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for you know they a mother should never have to bury their child, and that's what's happening right now. You see, absolutely, it, it's just horrifying. It, and it's tragic. In, in a lot I of us, a, I have a question though. Go ahead, go ahead, Jason. The man that had the knee on George Floyd was an 18-year veteran, and just, you have a unique perspective on that. Do you think that he learned that? it was easier to do that over the course of time and through failure of retraining or is it just, is it just something he did cause it was easier and quicker, I guess I'm asking. Well, I, easier and quicker to do what? I mean, the, the man was handcuffed on the ground. There were multiple officers around. Um, mm. I, I think that it probably, you know, without looking at his personnel file, I would venture to guess that, it was a lack of leadership and oversight and he got away with things uh, over the years. Right. I'm, you know, that's just me looking from the outside and making a, an educated guess on it. Right. He was the senior officer on the scene. That's why I asked. Yeah. Damn. Man. <clears throat> and from what I, from what I've read, uh, apparently they knew each other. Oh wow. yeah. I read yeah. that too. They yeah. worked together at a security yeah. club or something like that. Some kind of, yeah, something. something like that. Wow. Yeah. It's horrifying there, Chief. Um, it, absolutely. So uh, switching, switching gears, I don't mean to just switch, but I just I appreciate the time I have with you. And I, there's lots of things I want to learn. Um, All right. Your stance on the union. It's a big thing in the Washington state. You know, uh -huh. I'm part of one. Um, everybody's a part of one of some, um, some degree. What is your stance right. on that? My stance on unions, um, well, first of all, let me give a little history. I used to be in the union. When I got out of the military, I worked for a short time um, in the refineries up in Anacortes. And we had to be a member of the union to work there. And so I, I joined the union. My oldest son, Nick, is uh, a foreman in the Carpenters Union and has been in the Carpenters Union for years. Um, my youngest son runs the business that I used to run. It's non-union. When I ran it, it was non-union. So I've, I've been on both sides of the fence. Um, I don't have a problem with either one. You know. It, the way I look at it, it, it's between the employees and the, and the employer, sure. whether they want to be union or non-union. I think that the governor should probably realize his role as a public servant and just butt out of people's private affairs. Very well said, sir. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what business does it have the governor? You know, there's nothing in the Constitution that says that the governor will decide what's going on with unions, right. you know? I mean, obviously, if if there's something really bad going on, you know, and and employees are being abused, obviously, you know, the government can step in to protect people. Mm -hmm. But as far as whether they're union or, or non-union, that that's between the employer and the employees. That's that's not an issue the governor should be involved in. No, yeah, nice, very well, John. All right. Here's a good question. Um, if you could have one conversation with one person in power, who would it be and why? Who would it be and why? Um, well, there's a lot of interesting people, celebrities, politicians, um, you know, throughout our history and currently. Um, but the, the one, one person that I would like to talk to and, 
He's the ultimate person in power, and that's God. I would love to sit down and have a conversation. Um, I mean, he's in charge of everybody. He's in charge of everything. Wow. And why not go right to the top? <laughs> I love I that. I like it. Yeah, that's, that, I wasn't expecting Ooh. that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, how did having a career in in law enforcement uh, affect your perspective um, when it came to solutions for for some of the problems, you know, that we have here? I mean, that you're seeing. Yeah. Well, the biggest problem is lawlessness, right? I mean, it, whether it's the, the opioid crisis, the so-called homeless crisis, um, property crimes, you know, rapes, assaults, murders. Um, I, I've dealt with it all, believe it or not, in a small town. Yeah. Um, and then being on the uh, North Central Washington Narcotics Task Force for three years, multiple county agency. I, I saw a lot of things and from a, a different perspective, you know, uh, elected public servants, you know, like um, mayors, uh, commissioners, governors, Congress people, um, they don't, they don't get that perspective. They're looking at it from outside the bubble, you know, and dealing with it on the street level, dealing with the dealers, you know, and, and creating a partnership with dealers to go after other dealers, bigger dealers. Um, I've worked with all kinds of people, all races, all classes, um, uh, and all different types of criminals. And I have a, a very unique perspective on what's going on. So added that to my four years serving in the military and then 20 years of running my own business. I mean, my competitors can only dream of having a well-rounded uh, experience like I've got, you know, and it really does give me eyes from several different directions looking at the problems in the state. That's good to have a healthy perspective like that, you know, what, right. you know, outside, inside, right in the middle, right in the fore at the, at the lines. Yeah. I like that. I like that. It almost goes to the next question, doesn't it? That's interesting. That it does. Um, so what separates you from our current governor? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's called a layup, sir. How, how can I talk about this without cursing? Um, the biggest thing is, you know, think about it like this. If, if you're playing a football game or you're watching a football game and – the referees are making up the rules as you go along or they're changing the rules as you go along, right? Pretty quick. It'd be just nothing but utter chaos. You know, there'd be whistles and flags being blown and, and people's being told they can't do that anymore. They got to do this. It would be total chaos, right? The players wouldn't want to play football anymore. The fans wouldn't want to watch football anymore because nobody would know what's going on. The, the rules are changing all the time. And that's what's going on with our governor right now. There's no playbook that he's following. He, he doesn't have any kind of a grasp on the Constitution and the rule of law. You know, I don't even know if he's read the Constitution. How, how could he, right, if he's doing the things that he's doing to trample on citizens' rights? 100%. So that's the biggest difference is I will, I will use the true north compass of the Constitution and keep our government within the boundaries of that rule book. So that everybody knows the rules. Everybody uh, likes to watch the game. Everybody wants to play the game. And businesses are going to definitely want to play the game in Washington State because this, this state's going to be open for business with government 
inside the confines of the Constitution and off of everybody's back. <laughs> wow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Man, you know, uh, again, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to some random dude with a beard. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> it's I, I my pre- pleasure. I appreciate it. And one day I hope to see you here in, in my hometown um, and shake your hand, meet you personally. You know what I mean? Uh, that I sounds great. I missed the last time uh, there was a bunch of issues happened that I could not come down to the rally down down to the Capitol. But uh, uh, next time I'm coming to see you. Um, if All right. I got a couple of questions regarding your book. Speaking of, of if I can real quick, just Absolutely. speaking of where I'm going to be at, I'm going to be in Arlington this Saturday and I'm going to be in Rochester on, and um, oh, geez, a couple other places throughout the weekend. But people can go to my website, coltforgovernor.com. There's a, a page up there that has all the events, addresses and times of where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in Eatonville and, and Rochester on Sunday. Big rallies. So um, come on also, out if you can. They can also find you on Twitter at Lauren Culp, Instagram at Culp for Governor, Facebook at Culp, Culp for Governor, and like he said, www culpforgovernor.com absolutely 100 percent. so in your book you talk about hunting with dogs do you think you will change that law i mean it just seems like every time i go to the woods and my dog just chases something up the tree that's something that didn't scratch or kill my boy you know what i mean right yeah you, you think you could have uh some kind of uh conversation to change that definitely you know and it's just it's just giving the truth to the citizen right when that initiative passed back in the i think it was in the 90s yeah it was in the late 90s that outlawed hunting with hunting dogs um the humane society of the united states uh spent millions of dollars in the state running uh, tv ads against hunting with dogs they showed videos of animals being killed you know, which, you know, nobody wants to watch videos of animals being killed. No. If you could run commercials uh, showing chickens being slaughtered or pigs being slaughtered or cows being slaughtered. I mean, it's not pretty. No. It, it's a reality to, uh, for food for most of us, right? To, right? to butcher chickens. That's what we do here on the farm. We butcher chickens and we have fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing healthier. That's just hands-on good stewardship of our natural resources and the most healthy way to get food. So um, most of the voters uh, at that time um, went along with it because it's like, oh my gosh, that's so cruel. They're killing these animals and they're, they're using dogs to get them up a tree. Right. But what a lot of people are waking up to is that, you know, now cougars are overpopulated. Um, bears are overpopulated. The predators, in order to keep our wildlife in balance, you know, so that the deer population doesn't drop or the rabbit population, you know, all the little fuzzy bunnies, what about them? Yeah. Um, when you have an overabundance of predators, then the other animals, um, their populations drop. It's, it's bad management for wildlife. And so with the cougars overpopulating, uh, they're coming into towns. We... Um, had one cougar that a deputy shot when I was on the campaign trail and they were covering the city for me. There was a, a cougar right in town and a deputy shot it and killed it. Um, just two days ago, there was another cougar sighting right by the city park in broad daylight. Wow. They're, they're very overpopulated everywhere. Back in the 
eighties and nineties when it was legal to use dogs to hunt, there were a lot of cougars back then. And then they eliminated the most effective way to hunt cougars and bears is with dogs. And they, they limited that, made that in this state. And the, the population of both has boomed. Yeah. So much so that now, instead of you know, hunters paying the state for a license and a tag, now the citizens are paying professional hunters to kill cougars because they're overpopulated. They have right. to be controlled. You know, why not control it by having citizens pay a fee to help fund the state and their schools instead of us paying professional hunters to do it. Yeah. That, you know, just, I believe it was just this last year, um, there, over a hundred cougars were shot by state officials and hunters wow. for the state because they were causing problems. Right. It's not something that hits the major news uh, networks, but it, it's happening. You know, they're overpopulated, they're getting cited all over the place. I think that everybody loses sight the fact that you, these cougars are not only coming into towns to possibly hunt. They're trying, you know, there's, you got dogs, you got uh, the cats, you got small children, you got yep. things like that. I mean, and I, and I think that most people want to want to see those cougars live, but at the same time, if they're putting a danger to farmers, even, you know, right. that's, that's a huge deal. That's, that's a massive, that's a loss of income for that farmer. It yeah. is. Yep. And that goes for all predators. You know, you, you have to, there has to be a balance. You have to control the predator population. Just like you, you control the population of mice in your house, right? You don't, you don't <laughs> just let them run rampant. No, you, you ask for a rent. You ask for their permit. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, you know, I, I, I read that and, uh, or, and I was, I was stuck on the part where you had treed that cougar and took pictures of it you right know? and so and then we, that we guy, did that a lot yeah see I, a lot of friends of mine have done that and it's like hey i walked out of there they walked they got to go home to their the little cougar kids and we got to go home to our our kids you know and right it's and i think a, a real healthy regulated um, hunting system i don't want to say over regulated but i want to say just a healthy regulation to the, to the, you know, fish and wildlife and let them do their job, relocate if they need to um, uh, be, kill these things or euthanize these, these things that are causing a direct threat. Sure. Yeah. Great. I agree. But uh, yep. and let the wildlife biologists just figure it out. I mean, we've got some great, well-educated wildlife biologists that, absolutely. that know how to balance predator and prey, you know, in different species. It, it shouldn't be something that's, put up to the voters because I mean, do the voters know anything about wildlife management, whether we need, whether we need more elk or we need more deer or we need more cougars or more bear or less. No, the wildlife biologists do, that's their job. So I'm, I'm all for repealing that. Yeah. Let them do their job. Let them, let them, let them do the regulations. Let them, let them do their job. <laughs> That's why we pay them the big bucks, right? That's right. That's right. That's it. I mean, let them. There's some beautiful parts of this country. I've been to Republic. Beautiful place. Beautiful area. Colville Junction. You got, you know, everything. Medellin Falls and all the, all the Northeast. Beautiful country. Let it the is. wildlife officials do their job because I think they know the land better than we do. You know? Absolutely. That's what we pay them for. 100%. Well, sir. Uh, I just want to, again, I've been saying this 
throughout the whole episode. I want to thank you so much for taking your time to speak with me. Um, I learned a lot from your book. I learned a lot from your conversation. I uh, learned a lot from watching your face, Facebook streams. Uh, saw you're out riding your Harley, sir. Uh, <laughs> I did. I went on the, the end of watch ride to honor fallen police officers from 2019. Yeah. Fantastic. And people right? can, people can check that out. At, um, I'm not involved in it now. It's a two month long ride. They're traveling all around the United States, visiting police departments and they're going to give away a fully kitted out police Harley Davidson to an agency at the wow. end of this. But nice. people can watch where they're going and help support because the, the money they raise is going to go to the families of fallen officers. Beautiful. So it's a very worthwhile cause. And I was, I was honored to be invited to ride um, on the first leg from Spokane Valley to Kittitas. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. That is so awesome. Well, sir, I, uh, I want to thank you again. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for giving me the chance. And if anybody does want to check out my book, you can get it on Amazon or you can go to chiefcult.com too and, and get it there. We'll Either will, way, but um, we will put all I that appreciate in the description. It. All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Hope to talk to you soon. Thank you, Chief. You will. Right. You will. Take care. Thank you. Bye, sir. Oh, man. Bam, dude. I... And I'm fucking stoked, dude. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, I mean, the the man is fantastic. I like I like his ideas. I like the fact that he just wants to let businesses up. He wants to stop suffocating these dang businesses who are just trying to survive. You know what I mean? You can't you can't ask for something better than that. You can't. You know, get a get a little bit of freedom. You know, move along. Let, let him do his job. You know what I mean? He wants to govern. You let him govern and let us as citizens stand up and do our thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He, he's just offering the view of what he thinks can be done. Now it's up to people to say, is that what is that the style I want? You know what I mean? And sure. I comes off as genuine and he didn't say he was going to do anything that didn't sound like he couldn't do it everything seemed rationally within his control of doing sure Mm -hmm. i like that he uh he isn't overreaching or he isn't um you know exactly to to echo what you're saying he's not making promises he can't back up i mean i agree with you 100 percent, jason and you know i think that uh we do need the change. We do need something fresh. We do need people to, to believe in the government again, not necessarily for, for restrictions, but not necessarily for, you know, control, but we need, we need to believe that there's something that, that can protect us other than, than us always have to be on alert all the time. You know, a hundred percent of us are always ready for war, ready to go, ready to defend whatever it is, you know, I'm ready to get in a fist fight. You know, when can we, when can we relax and unite as people and, and be ready and, and be ready to, to welcome our, our neighbors, you know, yeah. oh, I want to go over to my neighbor. I don't want to go over and fist fight her. I want to go over and say, Hey, how you doing? You want some pie? <laughs> you know, I don't want to always be on alert. I mean, I catch myself in the middle of the night, you know, walking around with a firearm on my shoulder or my hip and uh, you know, just because I don't want to see people in my neighborhood 
you know, get out of line, step out of line. I don't want to see weird, weird dudes. I don't want to see homeless people hurting or damaging property from these, my neighbors. I don't want to see that. I like my neighbors. They're pretty quiet. They're, you know, they do their thing. They, uh, they work hard for what they have. You mm. know what I mean? And I would hate to see something like, and I don't want to have to walk around all the time just for, for peace of mind. You know, I don't want somebody to come in and ruin my shit ass Dodge. I don't want somebody to, you know, to come steal my kid's bike. Uh, I'm, I'm getting old for fist fights, bro. You know, mm-hmm. I got maybe like 18 of them left. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. I think you need, I, I like his stance on getting people help, giving them that fork in the road. You can go to jail, you can get treatment. I like, I like, I've always liked that option. I, yep. I, be, I believe the two things I believe that he mentioned were freedom of choice. You know, I believe that everybody has the freedom of choice and they should be able to do what they want if it doesn't affect another human being. So 100%. I like that. And then giving somebody the option, because like I said, in, Ignorance is just not knowing the option is there, but stupidity is like knowing the option is there and deciding not to take it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what you have to do to people is say, here's your chance. Yes or no. And then you can move on. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You do what you got to do. You, you do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, man. I gotta, I definitely got to learn some more on, uh, on politics, man. I mean, I never really wanted to, you know, because I was always, anti the government I was always anti this anti that because you know i just didn't i was i didn't like to be told what i can and cannot do right you know it, and i think comes, now, it comes down to the size of the government and what's being cut that's 100%. the difference between republican and democrat democrats believe in a bigger system that will take care of more people and spend more and republicans believe that Get rid of that agency. Get out of the way. Let the farmer grow his shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but in that also goes cuts to social programs and welfare programs because I don't, I, you know what I mean? It just seems to get cut that way. Mm. So it's all in addressing the stuff. Either you take that hard line approach like Chief Culp does or you, you baby people and hope they learn over time. Yeah, or pay, there, or hope that they they aren't paying attention. You know, there is a Washington State courts. Uh, I don't know if it's included in every uh, every county's court. I know it's here. Um, they have a a drug court. So um, if you've committed a uh, a felonious crime and you're a uh, first time offender or you haven't offended any violent crimes, there's there's a criteria set, and you go through this rigorous. Uh, drug court session, which you have your peers around you that are also going through it. And uh, they make a big deal about it. It's really, really cool. Um, They have a graduation at the end. Um, They have a presiding judge that sits in here. Um, It's uh, when I was working for the county courthouse, um, I got to see like the end result, the graduations of some of the people as a police officer, I actually had arrested or had some sort of interaction. And it's, it's, it's great to see people get back on their feet and uh, away from the addiction and stuff. And I, yeah. I think uh, Chief Culp has a, has a very firm understanding and grasp on that. And it's, it's a step in the right direction. You know, it's not, like you said, it's not going to change not gonna change everything overnight. You can't just snap your fingers and fix things, but I think it's gonna move Washington State as a whole in the right direction. Get these programs in, um, 
and then he touched on mental health, Washington State uh, Hospital. Uh, they're actually, their, their beds are full and stuff from what I understand. Um, and Pacific County's had to send some people there. Well, uh, the court system has actually uh, fined Washington State Hospital because uh, uh, they haven't followed through with what the court order has said to do that. So they're actually paying the county money to instead of actually helping uh, restore a person's mental health or making sure they're mentally uh, okay to stand trial, stuff like that. And that's, it's the easier route for Washington State Hospital because the budget's so haywire, like uh, Chief Culp was saying, like stuff's going where it's not supposed to be going. And uh, we need to get that, get that back to helping uh, the citizens. hundred percent, man. I mean, you, you don't, like I was saying, man, you don't see some of this money is supposed to go back into the schools. You know, if this, if that money was already implemented and put right back where this were needed in the districts, um, you know, the school districts, this whole pandemic thing could have been easily avoided or not easily avoided, but, uh, um, easily taken care of. Like everybody going and learning from school, from home. What yes. if they didn't have those computers? What if they didn't have the ability to upgrade the code, the computers at home or, you know, a, a, an iPad, you know, I mean, my kid can, he's got an iPad right now that, that is uh, almost as fast as my Mac. He can, you know, he, he, didn't what if they didn't have that what if those people didn't have these abilities these tools to learn and then so then when these teachers these amazing teachers shout out molly Chauvin. i don't know if you're paying attention or not but shout out to you teacher you're fantastic uh could have easily done these these lessons from from the ipad Absolutely, yeah. Or from an upgraded or a a a setup for for these kids that have that that still want to be there. I mean, they're suffering. These kids are suffering. They're home. They're used to going to school and seeing their friends. They're used to being there, learning um, in a structured environment. Here, it's you know, at my house personally, it's. I have to wake up early, even after working all night, I have to wake up and I have to become a teacher because there are certain days that the, the, the teacher takes a, does their classes online. Mm-hmm. But what if they didn't have that, all that money that was, you know, taxed from the marijuanas or the marijuanas and uh, could have gone to the school districts and everybody could have had the ability to learn and have these tablets or, home computer setups or whatever it is that was necessary. And by not having those allocated funds, like they said was going to happen to the the, the individual, to these individual school districts or individual programs, I don't see how these people or these kids are, are, are winning. They're in the losing category, you know? Yep. But right now as it is, it's like, you know, what do we do? What do we do? We have to rely on, you know, hey, I, I find myself calling, you know, some of my friends. Hey, what did you what you get for answer number two? You know what I mean? You know how how did you get to how did you get two plus two? Because I'm still half asleep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and and it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. You know, we talked about that yesterday, Sean. You and I were talking about this whole, you know, the the, the taxes and where the money was going, but. So goddamn frustrated to see that it's just sitting somewhere or not being used properly or it's being used so they can, so the, so the government can, you know, the governor can use it for security detail. Is that what he's spending money on? 
tuxedos? What what is he doing? You know, where is that money? Yeah, they're gonna they're they're gonna need that money now more than ever, especially for the schools. Uh, it's it's going to affect uh, how many teachers are going to be permanently laid off, stuff like that. I know down the road in, uh, I believe it's Centralia, they're they're uh, on the edge of losing uh, their sports programs because of uh, lack of funding for next year's budget and stuff. Uh, I mean, that's that's crazy. It's insane because you know you it used to be we send send our kids off to school and they'd go. And they'd bring back these little pieces of paper, say, "Hey, do you want to, you know, you know, five dollar bucket of of popcorn or yeah, or you know what I mean, something little chocolate like, bar, yeah, yeah." My nephew used to send, you know, "Hey, Uncle Adam, uh, you know, uh, we're we're doing these flower pots for 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 baseball. Do you do you want it? Do you want one? Said, Hell yeah, nephew, give me three of them. You know what I mean? But he was going to school, man. You know what I mean? He was going to school, and he was he was he bringing these home and and learning and and had the ability to had they had the ability to go and now these programs are being cut and it just sucks dude it just it's so so frustrating and and it's it's something that you just as a citizen here you you don't know what to do you don't right. know what to do because you have to believe and trust in the government that they're doing the right thing right it's not happening okay <clears throat> let's do this Okay. All right. Adam has a beard is sponsored by your mother. <laughs> All right. Let me do this. Right. Adam has a beard is proudly sponsored by Euphoria Botanicals and Trail Skateboard Shop. They're located out of 222 East Main Street in Kilgore, Texas. For any special needs or any kind of orders or any specific merchandise, give them a call. 903-983-0213. Okay. I don't know what else to say about that. Oh, oh, you could also say uh their Instagram is Boho Soul on the Instagram tag and Treu Board Skate Shop. Cool. All right. Oh, absolutely. 100 percent brother. because when it comes to voting it's such a hard thing with the pandemic and then with the protests and then with you know um i don't know the ways that 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 the ballots aren't getting to people or i you know i don't know what goes on with that stuff honestly i don't know we just trust people right (laughs) we 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 trust them you know and they tell us that that the, the this pandemic is going according to plan uh Right. Well, whose plan? Because I see, you know, I hate to bring it up and be the stickler, but guess I see small business suffocating or waiting or not getting paid, not being on their unemployment. And, yeah, and I haven't I, been paid yet. Yeah. Wow. Did, my kid didn't even get, she was in, in transition from one job to the next, and she did it smart. She got a job, a second job, quit the first job, to work the second job because right. they were offering more hours and they said, Oh yeah, you qualify because they laid, they shut the second job down, you know, mm-hmm. shout out to revival motor company. And uh, they didn't offer her any money. You know, they, they said, no, nope, you don't get no money. Hey, how you doing? 
Aaron, hi. This is Adam. This is Sean. We're on uh, Adam hi. Has a Beard. I was just telling the guys about what the Center for Election Science does and what you're doing around the country. And so, um, welcome in. I'm just going to jump right into the first question and, and just can you give us an overview of what the Center for Election Science is doing? Sure. At the Center for Election Science, we study and advance better voting methods. Uh, the current way that we vote when we choose just one person, it's a terrible way to do it. You have all kinds of vote splitting, you wind up with terrible winners, and you, because of this vote splitting, you also have this, these wild swings between administrations where it's one polar extreme one, uh, one year and then the next administration, you're looking at the other end. Uh, so you get no continuity of policy and you just get these uh, people who don't represent us. Plus it doesn't, like all these people who don't win, they get a terrible reflection of support. It does a terrible job capturing their actual measure of support. So we look at better voting methods that do a better job in those areas. Particularly, we look at approval voting, which is when you pick as many candidates as you want. You can think of it as a thumbs up or thumbs down for each individual candidate. Does a much better job of getting better leaders and also making sure that everyone gets their fair share of support that they deserve. And how does that work specifically? How would, uh, that, how would that look to a voter then? Quite similar to the actual ballot. Uh, in fact, um, uh, when you look at the ballot uh, under our current choose one voting method, it says just choose one candidate. And then you have your list of candidates where you can check them off or bubble them in. Uh, whereas with approval voting, it looks very similar. Only the directions tell you to choose all the candidates uh, that you want. Uh, and so now you can bubble as many as you want. And when you do that, you're not going to get your ballot thrown away. Now, if you do that with our current ballots, they will throw away your ballot. Approval voting lets you pick as many candidates as you want, uh, and it counts all of those votes. So if everybody voted for every candidate all the time, how would that be? Would that be, be kind of weird? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, hmm, that seems weird. <laughs> So we've, we've done a bunch of uh, research on this, and there's also research out there. Uh, fortunately, uh, in, in all of the, uh, the, the polls where uh, approval voting has been studied, uh, uh, nobody has done that uh, uh, in, in terms of entire electorates haven't done that. Uh, and when, even when we look at large samples, uh, we're lucky to find one, uh, uh, one little maverick in there who wants to... Uh, to, to play with everything. Um, so we, we, we don't see that as being very typical. Who would want to do that? I was just giving you a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh. specifically, I wanted to talk to you because uh, Caitlin, thank you, Caitlin, uh, for helping. She, she was telling me that you are looking to set up chapters around the country and that you have one in Washington and, you know, we're setting up podcasts around the country. And I thought this would be a really interesting fit. So how can people in Washington find out more about you so they know whether they want to support it or not before you come in and say, hey, there's our idea, you know? Can they learn before you teach? Uh, totally, and, and really this is uh, a locally driven effort. So we're here to provide support and it's really people on the ground who are taking these actions. So when we've helped people in Fargo, North Dakota, and we've helped people uh, in our in the current campaign in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, those people on the ground, those people who uh, uh, are already 
from those communities. Those are the people who are really driving the effort. And folks in Washington have a great opportunity here and that it's one of our more active chapters uh, across the US right now. There's some, some friendly rivalry trying to uh, uh, see who can get the most active chapter. Uh, but you can go to our website uh, at electionscience.org. There's a section on there called Take Action and that'll get you connected to the chapters. Uh, so folks in Washington, they can uh, uh, connect. And uh, right now the, the Seattle chapter is the most active the most active one right now. That's interesting. Challenge right. accepted. Do you have any questions? <laughs> <laughs> so it's time to fire some, uh, light some fires here, huh? Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting to, to understand these different uh, voting practices, you know? Um, how, how do you think that would play out with the current, you know, with current administrations, I mean, do you do you think that they would oppose these things? Do you think that do you think it would be easier for us as citizens to get into and have a voice with this uh, this uh, this method? Yeah, it it certainly is an empowering approach, uh, particularly when you compare it to the tool that we have now. Uh, which, I mean, you, you go in there. There's a candidate that you like. You feel like you're throwing your vote away because you can't really support the candidates uh, that, that you really want to win. Um, and so, uh, approval voting really empowers voters to be able to say, "Okay, these are the people I want to see win." And even if they don't win, say you vote for somebody, um, and uh, I've experienced this a lot. I, I'm sure, maybe, maybe many of you have too. You vote for somebody, and uh, they they don't win. Uh, well. Uh, not everyone uh, that you approve on your ballot can win, too. and it may not be that your absolute favorite candidate on your ballot is the, the one who wins. But even if they lose, you have something there that you don't have normally, and, and that is you can allow that candidate to, to grow, and you can allow that candidate to get traction in a way they otherwise wouldn't be able to. Uh, so right now, like I, I looked at the, uh, the, the 2016 uh, Washington gubernatorial election, and uh, for the the first part for the kind of uh, jungle primary before going to the top two i i saw a lot of candidates without uh with hardly any uh, support behind them and i look at that and i have to wonder like really maybe they were all bad candidates and none of them had any good idea <laughs> uh but uh but when, when i when i look at that i, I think like well like uh, it seems like maybe some of them, maybe some of them had good ideas and they just weren't getting people who were able to support them. And then the other component is who wants to run? Even if, even if you're a great candidate, you have great ideas, who wants to run if you don't have some big war chest or name recognition and exactly. go in there and get some trivial amount of the vote? You, you want people to at least be able to vote honest for you so they can support your ideas, so your ideas at least get traction. And approval voting is what does that. So by being able to support all the candidates that you want, uh, you can hedge your bets in, among the front runners too, but you also make sure that the candidates that you really like, even if they're not able to win, that they get that support. And mm. the metrics collected on that is amazing. You know, just the information you gather about, because you can support an idea now without necessarily supporting the candidate. You know what I mean? Which is fantastic to me because I love yeah. ideas and I love ideas that are going to help and ideas that are going to push push people to learn and push people to understand mm -hmm. so do you think that do you think there's hope for us in washington to have this uh this system set up because what's happening now i mean we have this system that's currently set up that's obviously failed or not right. working and something has to change yeah. you know we have 
amazing candidates coming up now for this for the for this next election or whether it be local on the city level to the village level to to the higher up you know what i mean and we what can we do to change the system is this the is this the answer uh it is certainly a, a wonderful candidate, one that I would recommend. Uh, and, and so it's interesting in, in Washington, you, you have this, uh, uh, this top two system and there are advantages to, to that in, in some ways. Uh, one is that um, uh, if you have say like a closed primary, um, uh, you can have it so that like independents are shut out. And with as many independents as we have uh, walking around, uh, that can be unfair to them. Uh, and the other component is if you have someone, if you have a primary where the party says you can only uh, vote with us and if, you, if you're registered, uh, mm. and there you're creating an inherent partisanship too. Right. So the primary can deal with those issues, uh, but you run into another big issue if you say, well, we're going to do this open primary, everybody just jump on in there, uh, but still, <laughs> even with the bazillion candidates, we're going to limit you to only one vote. And yeah. then... Uh, when we look at that, it's, it's, it's unsurprising. Uh, the, low, the lowest common denominator can win with two votes because every, with everything is split. Yeah. You, it, you can't, it's hard to make sense of, of all of that information where sure. the, the vote is splitting 10 different ways. Uh, you yeah. really need a voting method that allows people to say, okay, for this candidate, I like them or I don't, and then just go down that list. And the nice thing about approval voting, particularly with this type of, uh, of system, uh, say like using it within uh, a nonpartisan or, or even a partisan open primary is that it works really well with a long candidate list. You're not taking days uh, to fill out your ballot. You can just say like, I like that person. Like, I don't know who that person is. I'm going to skip them. And you just keep going down. And that's way easier um, than like some of the other alternatives that are, that are out there. And it works well within the system that Washington already has. Yeah, I I find myself reading and researching each candidate when I get a ballot. I'm like, well, I don't know who that person is. Well, what if that person, you know what, I'm going to go read it. But not everybody's like that. Everybody wants a quick answer. Everybody wants a quick, you know, uh, quick fix sometimes yeah. with these with these ballots, you know. I think that's a, that's a great point. Uh, I'm, I'm also, uh, uh, I've uh, moved around a bit. Uh, over the years. And so whenever I'm in a new uh, place, I normally go to like the League of, Women, League of Women Voters and I look up all the candidates and I'm looking at the candidate websites. Uh, and and the, the, the thing is like, not everybody does that, unfortunately. And one of the reasons for that is they're not incentivized to. Uh, because if, if, if you're looking at your ballot and you don't recognize a name, chances are a lot of other people don't recognize that, that name either. Right. Uh, but with approval voting, you don't have to worry about that. You can look them up and say, like, turns out this person has good ideas and you can support them and make sure that they get traction. Or you can look them up and it's like, well, turns out that person has bad ideas. Uh, but at least, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, come on, Washington, you know who the third string tight end is for the Seattle Seahawks, but you it don't easy, know bro. who the second candidate is. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> easy, bro. Talking about the Seahawks here. <laughs> Just saying, I think a lot of people, they pay attention when the attack ads come out. And instead yeah. of learning positives about the candidate ahead of time, they learn the negatives that the other person is saying about them. And I think that's the problem. So I think it is, it is, I, I think approval voting, you've had, you've had other ideas with other methods and I kind of, I kind of like them, 
You know what I mean? But approval voting is what you're what you were going for. And I really like that too. There was something where it was uh, proportional representation. And I really like that because it gave large bodies like the Senate and um, the House. It, it gave smaller minorities a chance to get in there because you could vote for everybody that got votes got a proportional amount of seats in that house. And I thought that was a great idea for things like that, you know? Yeah, totally. And uh, here, like what we've been talking about has been like within the single winner context, but right. uh, as you just mentioned, uh, when we're talking about uh, uh, multi-seat legislative bodies, whether it's a council or like a, a state legislature, uh, there are other systems that provide a more proportional result rather right. than like these winner take all systems that we have now, which can right. create a lot of distortion. So Aaron is really thinking of some, you guys just have some great ideas and you had a proof of concept in Fargo, North Dakota, right? So this is actually working in places. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so Fargo is having its first approval uh, voting election uh, very shortly. Uh, so the way that they have it set up is for their mayoral election, as well as um, they have two pairs of at-large commissioner seats, uh, which uh, use approval voting to, um, to elect both of them. Uh, that's a, a little bit of an unusual way of, of doing it. Um, uh, we just kind of, at some, at some places when we go into a community, like we, we're not prescriptive in terms of like, oh, like you've got to do it uh, mm -hmm. this way. We have to talk with the local community. Uh, and sometimes like there are certain parameters that we just have to, to, uh, to work with when we're discussing uh, with that community. Uh, and, and there it wound up being an at-large uh, kind of, technically it's called a, a block form of approval voting where uh, for, the, uh, for the commissioners. And so um, for the two-seat commissioner seats, you can vote for as many as you want. And then the, the top two, are, are elected there, uh, which the, the outcome tends to make them, uh, still you get these nice consensus style winners uh, who are able to have a, represent a broad base of support, but they're, they'll look a bit similar. It, if you wanna have that kind of proportional outcome uh, where you're able to give representation to a number of voices, including minority voices, then really what you have to do is you have to have a bunch of people elected at the same time mm. and use a proportional method. Nice. So all is, lives are going to be on uh, on Fargo then, is that where you, that's where to see if this system works, correct? Yeah, so we're we're excited about Fargo. Uh, their uh, two seat commissioner uh, election is coming up very shortly, and uh, um, in the future they will have a mayoral election where you can see kind of a classic implementation of approval voting, uh, where you have this nice, clear single winner election. Choose as many candidates as you want, and the candidate with the most votes wins. And this is happening in St. Louis as well, right? Yeah, we, we did not slow down. Uh, so we, uh, 2018 was the first year that as an organization, we had real funding. And uh, within a year of that uh, initial major funding, uh, we hired staff and got approval voting implemented in its first U.S. city. That's uh, so the, cool. The, the ballot initiative in Fargo, North Dakota, won by 63.5%. And, percent. and uh, following that, uh, news uh, spread through the grapevine, and next thing you know, uh, we were getting uh, calls from uh, St. Louis. They reached out to us, and, th and they said, "Hey, we've got a terrible uh, vote spring <laughs> problem, and and by the way, we have some really crappy voting machines. They're really old. They can't handle anything uh, uh, super fancy, uh, and we don't want to." And 
like our city can't afford to get uh, uh, specialized voting machines. Uh, and, and fortunately, ap approval voting works on even the dumbest of voting machines. Uh, nice. So you, 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 you don't require this expensive infrastructure to get it started. And it's a simple, elegant solution that works. And so now um, it's on the ballot in St. Louis. They'll be voting on it this November. And uh, there they have it set up uh, so that it's a nonpartisan open primary. Again, like you, you, you talk with people in the community, you find out what works with them. There it's a nonpartisan open primary that uses approval voting. Uh, you can choose as many as you want in the nonpartisan open primary, and then the top two go to the general election. Do you think that this puts the power directly back into the people's hands, the system? Absolutely. Uh, and it, it does that so much is, uh, is why we have to use ballot initiatives. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> because people, it's the people that are voting on the ballot initiatives, right? Instead of institution, it's the politicians that are institution that are, I can't think of the word right now. <laughs> people that go for the ballot initiatives though. Uh, you, I mean, you can, you can imagine the, uh, the conflict of interest uh, that, the, uh, that the politicians have in right. changing their own voting method. Uh, and so uh, we try to get them on, on board uh, whenever we're working in the city and we work with our, our, our partners and local stakeholders to, uh, uh, to try to get them on board. Uh, but it's not necessary. Uh, the, the people that uh, really uh, are the ones to get on board are the people who mm -hmm. live there, uh, the, the people who are local there, the people who vote, uh, the people who ulti ultimately deserve the power to decide uh, who governs them in a way that's sensible. So. I love that. That's legit to me. <laughs> I like it. So you, I don't, like... you don't need to be a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent. It's like, uh, it's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> wow. And then like the last thing I really had to ask you about was the... Uh, Caitlin said you did a poll with um, the Democratic primary polling. Let's see, super, you did two polls. You did one last fall and then you just did one super Tuesday. Was there anything, I didn't really go through it, but I wanted to know if there was anything interesting that you saw that you'd like to share because we can always go look at it. We're going to add the link to the description. I just didn't get to it with all the planning with Chief Culp. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh sure yeah so we did we did uh two polls one in uh for around november and then another um right before super tuesday uh so the the earlier one was interesting because you had a bunch more candidates uh and mm -hmm. when we're looking at elections and thinking about different voting methods the, the thing that you really want is more than two candidates and the, the more the merrier because it makes it even more interesting and we compared uh, uh, the choose one method that we have now, uh, approval voting, and we also looked at um, another method called instant runoff voting or ranked choice voting. Ranked choice, okay. Uh, and uh, for those not familiar with, uh, with that one, uh, you rank the candidates in, in order of preference, then it takes that information and kind of simulates a sequential runoff knocking off the candidate with the fewest first choice votes, votes uh, within each round. Uh, and so uh, what one thing kind of up front there is like you, you kind of get an idea of 
the uh, simplicity between methods, like with approval voting mm. versus versus something like that. I'm actually not going through all the steps because it would take about five minutes to explain how that I, works. I just want to say Public Access America's Instagram channel. You 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 joined us like a year, year and a half ago, and we we cut the descriptions of these different methods of voting into the IG channel section. So you can actually go and listen to me and Aaron and Lexi High talk about approval voting and rank voting and proportional voting and approval voting. And the one, the one method that he's talking about as well. So if you're not understanding right away, you can always learn that. And you can go to, to Twitter at election science and, and follow them and learn as I have, you know, <laughs> which I will be doing, you know, yeah, I, I think that they, that's what the, this system needs is a good, good revamping, you know, mm. and, and I think that by listening to you talk, I think I want to check it out. Maybe, I don't even know because I'm not really big into politics, but I know that there has got to be a better system to voting. You know what I mean? It's just absolutely 100% just mind-boggling sometimes. You're just like, okay, what is going on here? Why? What? And then sometimes I get my ballots back. They're like, uh, you didn't sign or didn't cross an X or didn't circle the party you wanted. I'm like, "Mm, okay, (laughs) great. You know, and right to the shredder it goes. And then my vote obviously didn't mean anything. So there has to be, I, I, I 100% agree that there has to be a better system. And I love the way, I love the way that Aaron and his team are doing it because what the truth is, is that to get a politician to not say no is to get the, the voters to say yes, to get enough of them to say yes before the question is asked because now the politician knows, everybody knows what we're talking about, you know? Yeah, yeah. One of the interesting things with uh, other voting methods uh, in terms of pushback that they get is the complexity of them. Right. Uh, like, for instance, the other one, there are a bunch of rounds involved and, and uh, eliminations, ballot transfers. Uh, and a lot of times there's pushback and they say, oh, like, this is too complicated. If you want to look at approval voting uh, and say that it's too complicated for voters to choose all the candidates that they want and most votes wins, then you basically have to convince the public that they can't add. And right. so that's a much tougher t- hurdle for uh, to overcome. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! Slap to the face. Oh. Public. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't see how you win votes that way. Uh, no. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's harder to get votes when you're you're much more aggressive like that. <laughs> well, oh, man. Thanks for being here, Aaron. I really appreciate it. Thanks it's good time, man. Just the first step in learning and we've helped people explain where to go to find out more. And I hope, I hope that's what they do because this is interesting and something needs to change about it. I want to have more conversations with you after that, that uh, Fargo election to see how that went or the St. Louis election, because I think that maybe this could be the answer, you know, it's definitely something to learn about. That's for sure. hundred percent. I want to learn more and I I want to, after this happens, after that all goes down, I want to see how that went. I want to see the numbers. I want I want you to talk to me and tell me this is what worked and what didn't work. And I, I think that uh, I, I can learn. I'm willing to learn, you know? So were you, were you getting in the, into the, the poll who would have won if you had used approval voting for the democratic primary? Cause I'm kind of curious about that. Yeah. Uh, so one thing uh, to keep in mind here is when we're, when you have a poll in any circumstance, what this is, is it's taking a snapshot in time. Right. So you have leading up to that, uh, everybody is using uh, uh, choose one method, 
when they're doing polling because the polling itself matches the, the voting method in the end. And so you're taking that and then you're kind of halting everything for a moment and taking a picture and you're saying to all the respondents within the poll, okay, now I want you to imagine you're voting now, but you have this other way to vote. Uh, here you're using approval voting, here you're using choice voting uh, and uh, the current choose one method. And we use a, a design uh, that has each respondent uh, uh, respond to all of these different voting methods. So it's not just like a portion responding oh, to one cool. method. Uh, so in, in the research world, we call this a within subject design. It's a, uh, it has a, a lot of perks this way. And it also allows us to make more direct comparisons between these voting methods. So with the, uh, uh, the early primary, uh, there we saw that the um, uh, that Elizabeth Warren was the winner with both approval voting and ranked choice voting. Uh, with plurality voting at that time, uh, it was pretty close between Warren, Sanders, and uh, Biden. Wow. Um, uh, uh, and so, when, so here you had the uh, the winner be, uh, at this point in time was a, uh, was a bit clearer. Uh, the the other part that's really interesting here. Like before we, we mentioned the reflection of support that all the candidates get. And nowhere is that more abundantly clear when you have a long candidate list. Right. And this is 20, something that, 21 candidates, of course. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, and so you look at some candidates that uh, got marginalized. Uh, I, I think of like someone that has like a lot of uh, support within, uh, within like their, uh, their, uh, their supporters. Mm -hmm. and, and that would be like, Andrew Yang, I think, would be a good example oh. there in terms of someone that has a lot of fervent uh, yeah. supporters. He was interesting. Uh, he was. Uh, and, and so when, when you look at the, the data there, and it's not just Andrew Yang, it's a number of the candidates uh, oh, yeah, under Castro. the... Uh, yeah, uh, Castro uh, and another. So like Castro, for instance, uh, got around like 2% uh, mm -hmm. under, under the, the round. So... He got about 1% under our current choose one method. He got about 2% in the round before he's eliminated in ranked choice voting. Mm. Uh, but under approval voting, uh, he has 25% approval. Wow. Uh, and, and so what, what that's saying <laughs> is that you just don't capture the support uh, at all uh, with these other candidates down the ballot uh, under our choose one method. And even the ranked choice voting method uh, does a really bad job at this. Even when when the method is able to get the right winner, it still has another job to do, and that is to make sure that we know how much support these other candidates have. Right. Um, and one reason, like the, the technical reason why uh, rate choice voting uh, struggles here is that if a candidate is eliminated early on, uh, then like the second and third choices supporting that candidate uh, among the candidates who haven't been eliminated yet, mm -hmm. like that never reaches that candidate. Uh, and so even if we, even when we're looking at this in the best positive scenario, which we are in here, we're, we're showing them how much support they had before they're eliminated, which is the most support they're ever going to get uh, <laughs> under, under ranked choice voting. Uh, uh, they're, they're still showing up with this small amount of support. Because the percentage is always going to be eliminated. Yeah. Uh, and, and so with, the, with approval voting, the thing that, uh, really stands out here is that uh, one, like even though it's very simple data, uh, unlike ranking data with with approval voting, you you have this threshold here. I either approve this candidate or I don't. Whereas, mm -hmm. like say you're ranking candidates, 
like where 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 is that threshold for and it changes for each individual person like maybe third third and above like maybe you like all those candidates so you approve of them uh or maybe it's second and above but you don't know like there's no way of giving that information whereas with approval voting even though you have simple information you you, you get it's it's capturing that information mm-hmm. and you don't have these complicated transfers so you're looking at all the data at once nothing is hidden everything's out on the table that's so cool dang dang it's <laughs> i'm learning stuff as i'm listening to this <laughs> i like it man <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely want to learn more about this system, man. And send me those links, Jason, because yeah, it'll dang. be in the description portion of this episode. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about learning about these things now, man. Because now you got my wheel spinning. Like, man, what all the all the everybody on the ballot in in just for the mayoral or the the just simple seats could have been handled properly, even better. You know what I mean? With this kind of approval, you know, this approval voting, you know? Yeah. I think that we could have eliminated some of the bad seeds, you know, the, the, the people who are not doing any good because they were, uh, nobody knew, you know? Yeah. I, I think, think, this I think Julian Castro wanted to know he was getting 25% instead of 2%. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> if I were him, I'd want to know. Yeah, and that then, poor guy is amazingly smart and he's been in this, well, anyway, you know, whatever. I love your idea because I can support a bunch of people, you know? Yeah. And, and I think a lot of, a lot of times when we think of uh, vote splitting issues, we're being able to choose only one candidate and then the vote dividing between similar candidates. A lot of, I think a lot of people look at that and think, oh, like you just do like a runoff and like that'll solve all that. It does not solve all that. Uh, and so well, there is one uh, famous election in 1991. It was for they had um, uh, a jungle primary, a lot like uh, Washington does, where you have a, all the candidates can just run together. You have this big old primary, and then the top two go to the general election. And they've been doing that in Louisiana for a while. And in 1991, they had a crazy election. Uh, and so they had their uh, in- incumbent uh, governor, and then they had two others. Um, one was a... Uh, uh, so the incumbent governor was kind of uh, more of a, a moderate consensus style candidate. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the other candidate they had was a corrupt politician who was, like, is, he was very open about the, the uh, bribes that he took. Uh, so, he, he, uh, so he was saying like, it's okay for him to like take money, but like not in other circumstances. So he was rationalizing a lot of nonsense. And then the, the other person was uh, uh, n- none other than David Duke. So you had this uh, white supremacist uh, running, and so you, and so you would think like with these uh, three candidates there uh, who are who are leading this pack within this open primary, you would think, well, like surely this uh, crook and this white supremacist aren't going to make it to the next round, uh, uh, but that's exactly what happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is the the runoff system that's supposed to be used to. Uh, to address this vote splitting, and so interestingly, what happened here is this: the the moderate uh, candidate was squeezed out uh, by these other candidates, and we know that because uh, there was additional polling that was done, and that additional polling allowed us to see who would win in head-to-head elections. So the incumbent governor versus the crook, uh, the incumbent governor wins one head-to-head. The incumbent governor versus the white supremacist. 
the incumbent governor wins head to head. Uh, and so like we, we have a better idea of, of who the, the winner should have been. Uh, but of course, uh, what happened in the end was uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the governor with all, with all these uh, legal issues and then mm -hmm. the white supremacist went on, uh, went on to the next round. Wow. And then the, 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 the crook governor uh, wound up winning. And so uh, interestingly, he would later go to jail on felony racketeering charges for crimes that he committed in office during that election that he won. Wow. Wow. Still hired. I mean, still taxpayers are paid. Oh. <laughs> so absurd, man. So the, the runoff is not the savior. Uh, there, there are better ways to do this. Sounds like yeah. approval voting is the way to go. Do, do you think approval uh, voting system is more cost effective than the system that we have going mm -hmm. on right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there are a number of different ways that you can uh, do it. And, and a lot of this depends on what's right for the community. Uh, so if say you have, so here you have, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have two elections, you have this nonpartisan open primary, everybody's in there, uh, you choose one, and then the top two go to the general election. So you have really two elections uh, in, in there. Um, and you can do that with approval voting, uh, just like I described before, choose as many as you want within that within that open uh, primary and then the within the um, general you're just choosing one out of the two uh, candidates you could technically just say okay well we want to get this all done in just one swoop um, and you can say okay well everybody's going to be in just one election we're going to do approval voting um, and then uh, choosing as many as you want and then the the one candidate uh, with the with the most approval votes wins and just have it be done that way it's it's actually you you can't it it is possible for um the person who uh uh um wins in the first round uh to be the same person who wins in the second round it's also possible for those to uh not match but it's more likely that they that they match um I, perhaps one advantage of having the second round is that you're able to really focus on uh, where the people are interested. So you, you're getting these really two consensus style candidates when you're doing top two with, with approval voting. And so you could take that opportunity to kind of uh, go through the nuances between those candidates to really uh, poke at them and see uh, which one is really the best fit for the community. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm curious then as to how how it can be implemented. How, how did you do it in Fargo? How did you do it in St. Louis? So how did you implement these systems? You know, how, was it easy? Was it just a drag and drop? Did it cost a lot of money? I mean, how did it, you do it? So we, we use ballot initiatives and ballot initiatives are expensive. Uh, so you've got the signature gathering um, uh, that can be uh, expensive and normally is expensive. Uh, and then the other component is the, um, education campaign. So the, the the partners that we work with within the community, um, like it's it's ultimately their decision to say like, okay, I, I think this works for us. Uh, uh, it makes sense to to go forward. And so from from there, they normally uh, uh, formally organize. Um, and then after they formally organize, uh, they do the signature co collection. Uh, we provided uh, grants to those other organizations before to help them with the signature uh, collection. And then for the after it's on the ballot, 
using this ballot initiative process where the voters themselves go to vote and uh, empower themselves. Uh, uh, once it's on the ballot, there's the uh, campaign. And so the uh, local groups, uh, what we saw in Fargo, this is what's happening now in, in St. Louis, uh, they do this direct advocacy. They, they identify all the key stakeholders in the community. They get the uh, key leaders within the community on board. Uh, and then they just advertise, bring as many people in uh, to let them know about the solution. And then along, alongside that, uh, we're working to educate people about uh, how approval voting works. Okay. It's a lot of balls in the air. Lots. Lots. And, and speaking of which, it is expensive. Like I said, it is expensive to do that. Uh, so if you're interested uh, to, uh, if uh, you're, you're, you or your listeners are interested in supporting our work, um, if you go to electionscience.org, we are 501c3. And so you can get a tax deductible um, uh, donation. Uh, and we have a, a, an extra, a, an excellent uh, stewardship uh, with, uh, with our donors. So we're, we're very grateful to all the people uh, who uh, support our work and really the, uh, 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 for uh, donors themselves to have the, the, the power to empower themselves with the, with the voting method that, that gives them the government that they deserve. So. Agreed. Cool. I agree. I, I agree. Thank you for that. So Washington State's a mail, mail-in uh, by vote only. Uh, it sounds like Fargo does the voting machines. Have you guys tested with the mail-in only ballots? Well, this year, uh, Fargo is doing a lot of mail-in voting. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody kind of. <laughs> uh, and, and that's that's one nice thing, too. Like, uh, you don't... So you can look at some of these other voting methods and it can really kind of muck up the, the ballot design. Uh, so like, for instance, if you're using a voting method where you've got to rank them, um, you've got this grid that has a number of rankings uh, with the same number of, of candidates on, on the other axis here. And right. so you're taking up all this paper, you can maybe say, okay, well, I'm not going to rank all these uh, folks uh, and use them. All, all this, all this ballot paper, but then you're providing less information, and that has an impact in terms of uh, how good your winner is going to be, or how much reflection of support you're able to give these uh, these other candidates. Big job. Uh, and so, with the approval voting, like I mentioned before, the ballot looks remarkably similar to the way that we currently do things. the The only difference is the directions. It just says vote for all the candidates that you approve of, and right. then you just go down that list, and you, the rest of that looks the same. You just check them off. If you like them, you don't check them off if you uh, don't approve of them. But what's cool is that you could actually see Donald Trump and Joe Biden on the same ballot, right? Like half the country isn't getting one version and half the other. We both, and then we exactly. could say one over the other. But I like this governor. You know, I like this, but I like this governor. And you could go on down instead of, I, I think that was the problem that led Adam to this was the fact that you had to pre-choose in registration Yep. Almost all of the candidates that you, you know, before they're actually out there telling you who they are, Chief Culp was amazing, right? But before you got to know him, would you have voted for him? Maybe, but you have to decide now when you register. No, exactly. Now you have to choose. You have to pick and choose. You don't, I didn't get all those names. I got, you know, one side and I was just like, well, this is garbage. You know, I don't, none of these guys are doing good for the community. None of these, these people are doing their job i mean i want the best candidate 
that's going to fit and it's going to work and is going to do their job, you know? And I think with the approval of the voting, you have that option. You have both sides. You see both, both parties and you can pick the best one. Mm -hmm. That's, that's something that strikes me as, is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. (laughs) Okay. Very cool. Well, you know, like I said, we need to have you back after these, uh, these, uh, after the Fargo one and, 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 work. and what didn't work, you know, and St. Louis, and, and we, have Louis. To, we have to hook up with your Seattle chapter so we can get more updates. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Thanks for everything you're doing, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. Well, I think that we're going to be needing to learn some more. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, wow. That, I was like completely flooded with information and mm-hmm. every bit of it is useful. Every last bit of it. There was a lot of, you know, I, I, I wanted to know what the cost was like you asked there, Sean, but he said it was expensive. Yeah. But yeah. I'm sure, offering you know, donations. You yeah. Know? They're offering donations and a stewardship and, and willing to help with the, you know, the implementation of the system. I think that's good. We well, he doesn't change. say, here's what you have to do. He's just saying, here's an idea. Do you guys like it? And then from there, the community says, we like that, but could you, you know, and it's organically growing instead of being told top down what we have to do. It's bottom up. We're telling them what we want. And I think that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the ballots now, I think uh, last year or whatever, if you didn't actually mark you were a Republican or Democrat, your vote, your vote didn't count. Right. Yep. Which, which, that's, that's crazy. Crap. That's crazy. Like I said, I got mine back, and I, I'm like, what? Why is it back here? Oh, didn't, did not select party. Uh, yeah. uh no. Uh, I don't like either party. You know, what am I gonna do? How do? I, how am I gonna fix this? You know. Right. But that's but my I, thing. What if I? What if I personally like Joe Biden and Lauren Culp, and you like? you know, Donald Trump and Jay Inslee, there's no way for you to address that, you know? Exactly. There's no way to address that, you know? Yeah, I, I hope that Sorry. works. I know you guys really love Inslee, and I had to have... <laughs> Just to give you the alternate opinion Easy. perspective, you know what I mean? Easy. So, I like toilet paper, but not the cheap kind. <laughs> I really appreciate you guys putting up with my candidate cop like that. I, we'll have to have Inslee on for you guys at some point. Oh, easy. <laughs> this is Adam has a beard, not Inslee owns the country. Visit bohosoul.com and Board Skate Shop along with the refined man in Olympia. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Not, I don't know. About- <laughs> I, just th- I just think it's funny. I'm sorry. I know you guys don't care for Inslee and I have no opinion. I don't like DeSantos. He's my governor. <laughs> <laughs> He seems a little uh, fishy too. Yeah, I don't care. Legalize weed, and I'll go to the beach. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's legal here, buddy. I know it's legal here, no but, beach. but it can't have any THC in it or something like that. Like, it's just horrible. Mm. Uh, well, I can't have THC any kind of anything with the, the marijuanas. No, you can't, because you're protecting our lives, first responder. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I. I got this uh, fancy little certification that I just absolutely am in love with, man. Mm-hmm. That's CEL. It's that CEL. And then, and then I, on top of that, I got a crane license. And, and you know what? I, I guess I'm not willing to risk it, you know? Good. I, 
Cause I, I, I can yeah. tell you about some weed, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shit. I, just I think can't. it's a better high to to run a crane than it is to get high, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. It is. I mean, just to have that, you know, that, that machine, man, to be able to right. operate that machine is is something that they teach you. It's like this is a big thing. It's important because you can end a life if you do it wrong. Mm. And I was like, man, there's some days at work that I just want to like, you know, it'd be nice just to fire up a big old fatty and, and sip on some <laughs> whiskey. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? Hey, we went home. We're safe. We're, we're good. And, you know, it's no. just not worth it, you know? So here's no. my, gun, my gun question for you guys. Do you, okay. have, you have to choose? Being a marijuana smoker or a gun user in your state, in Florida, you do. If you register as a marijuana user, you cannot own a you cannot own a firearm. Right. Uh, I'm not sure uh, yes. about okay. Washington State. I know when I was working in Oregon at Thread Dynamics, um, you can be a medical marijuana user and still uh, shoot guns, stuff like that. Nice. Uh, or wait, is it? It's either you could be a recreational smoker. Yeah, no, excuse me. It's you could be a recreational smoker and still shoot guns, but if you are a medical marijuana licensed user, you cannot buy or shoot uh, guns. You know, it's it's part of the uh, checklist we have at Thread Dynamics as you're as you're going through. It's so. Wait a second. I could recreationally smoke this or or do whatever uh, consumption, mm -hmm. but I can't medically have a medical license and use this for medical purposes. Yep. But, come on, man. Come well, on, if, you're using, if you're using it for a medical purpose, it's because of an emotional issue or a physical issue, and both the need to be dressed by. Absolutely, and I mean, I mean, yeah. Know? There's pain management, you know, uh, mm -hmm. mental mental health management, uh, and they both they've both been proven to right. do very well. There there hasn't been adverse side effects or anything like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I know that we can. You, I had to make a choice. Obviously, I chose guns. You know, <laughs> but, <laughs> for reasons unknown, you know, <laughs> but I mean, here, here's the thing though. So I could drink alcohol, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I could choose to drink alcohol, but that has no prohibitions on my gun usage. Right. You know, it, you shouldn't be drinking and shooting, obviously. obviously. Um, but if I was uh, choosing to smoke marijuana or whatever, uh, medicinally, then the, the Oregon state law says that I can't have that no. right but i can drink as much as i want and blah 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 so you know we've got to have some <laughs> got some common ground here where the priorities you know yeah. I, I don't know it's it's silly it's silly maybe yeah maybe people should take less money from the alcohol lobby you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 alcohol runs the country though you know how many yeah. times have you sat down like you know what let's have a meeting let's sit down and sip some scotch or some whiskey you know hey let's figure this hammer this out Hell yeah. What's your drink of choice, Adam? Oh, man. Right now, dude, I'm really, really loving the BSB and and whatever I cannot, whenever I can find that vanilla Whalers rum. Ever had any of that? Mm, no. I haven't had that one. I've oh. had BSB, which uh, incoincidentally is uh, done by Wishka Distillery. It's semi-local. Mm, uh, I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's really good. You know, oh, it's, it's, out of the bottle. it's rather tasty straight out of the bottle. Interesting. Oh, Put a little ice, ice on it. Mm. Oh, two cubes of ice or even, you know, throw it in a little cup and guess what? Sip on it for 
a second because mm. that's how long it lasts. I gotta get me some of this stuff. But well, it's like I mean, you're putting stuff? brown sugar in your in your uh, your whiskey, you know, and it's mm-hmm. got that nice flavor, really nice aftertaste, where you're not like, oh god, you know, it's yeah, it's a little Pendleton. It's like yeah. a treat. Oh, Pendleton, yeah. Ooh, it's a tasty treat. Have you tried their? Uh, I think it's eighteen hundred rye whiskey one. Mm. It's it's really smooth. You'll have to crack some of that. You'll have to get a bottle and crack it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I wonder mm-hmm. how the guys at Riverside Brewery are doing making that old fashioned style beer, right? The I beer know. that tastes like an old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to try that too. So I want much to alcohol. You guys got so much alcohol in your area. <laughs> <laughs> it rains about right. uh, 180 days out of the 179. <laughs> so. <laughs> Might as well get some beer in there, you know. Why not? You guys are awesome. Hey, hey guess guess who's getting a haircut today? Oh, you rat! <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Broadside Barbershop. Going to take the boys. They got their little haircuts picked out. Damn. I'm gonna go get a little uh, razor shave on the back of my neck. I don't want to mess with the beard right now. I'm gonna have to shave that yeah. next week for the job interview. But I'm yeah. I'm excited. It's been too long. Mm-hmm. My hair's not even that long. Your your hair, man, look at that thing. I, I was slicked back today because, you know, I like, oh, fuck, I better calm it down or something, but I'll put a hat on. That's why I apologize to the chief couple. I'm like, man, I'm sorry. I got a, I got a, I got a horrible haircut right now. So is, uh, is uh, Olympia in phase two? Or yeah. So, yeah. They're good, so uh, is your barbershop getting open and doing all their regulated stuff? She's been, she's been open since May 30. And it's been, I can't even probably, probably crazy, huh? Yeah. I can't even get an appointment. She said it was like June 8th. And then I'm like, okay. And then she had one, like a, when I had to take my boy to a dentist appointment, she's like, I got, I got time at two o'clock. I can get you in. And I'm like, shit, I can't. So that's, that's dedication. You know, you love your barber when they're texting you, you got a spot open. Yeah. 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 Fantastic place, man. I'm telling you. I mean, I'm have to come up there and try it out. Yeah, I got to, but I'm thinking I might have to go out to the other communities. I don't want to say that out loud because I miss Shauna. I'm sorry, but oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm at this point right now where I'm like, God dang it. I'm either growing my hair out now or what do I do? I'm at that point. <laughs> what do I do? Damn it. Mullets are, mullets are coming back into Salah here, you know? Latino soccer mullet boy. Yeah. I'm about. Play some soccer. I don't know. Run around, chase the people in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll have to rethink my life choices. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it'll, it'll work out, bro. It'll work out. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. I think we should all get mullets. I think you should start growing yours out, Sean. Get a mullet. Uh, see, my hair is my hair is so coarse and thick that like it gets to a point where it's like an afro, and then it starts laying down. Like I have a like huge head. I look. I've had it when I was in high school and stuff, but ever since then, uh, since I joined the army, it's always been a uh, high and tight, or just kind of. This is just all one uh, number three, but I like a high and tight. So my wife, unfortunately, she, bless her heart, she can't. She can't quite master the fade or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go to my boy and get a high and tight. And yeah, yeah. Get really. fresh and clean. But yeah. yeah. Love it. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> and then I might, I might hop on over to Pitchwood and have a beer there later. Ah, dang it. Dang it. All the good things are happening right now out there. 
I know. Come, come on down for a visit. You know we're gonna shoot some guns and stuff. What, what time you get off? Yeah. What time? What time is it? Yeah, it looks uh, like BSB time. <laughs> <laughs> Shave wow. time for sure. Holy hell! Yeah. What a good episode, man. I mean, well, I like that. Yeah. This was this was fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the fact that Chief Culp was like, you know, all about it, and he laughed too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did. I hope he, did. he laughed like wholeheartedly, just yeah, not fake. You know, you know yeah. honestly, like you were, you guys were staying on script and then I got up and I, I went to the bathroom and I came back and I, I'm hearing Adam talk about like, I hear him go George Floyd. And I was like, how off the rails? How quickly can you just go off the rails? What are you doing? But <laughs> He's like, oh, Jason left. But You did tie in. That was, I mean, the perfect response, you know, uh, basically America's response to this, yeah. this tragedy, you know. Yeah. yeah, we all want justice. We all want healing. We all want absolutely. To, we all want unification. You know, we don't want necessarily one. It's not about. Well, it is about black, and that's something we need to understand. It's like it is Black Lives Matter is not about just like no one else matters. It's they matter right now. They need that help. They need that. They need that attention. They need us to understand and help them become. Mm-hmm. you know free of this you know and i and I, I think chief culp answered it really well and i think that you know it you know he's a good dude you know uh, absolutely yeah 100 percent. and he's what i really enjoy and like is he is just for the people he he wants to get the rights back for the people and that's that's what the government should, was created for like you said i mean mm-hmm. it's for the people. We're not against the people. You shouldn't be finding people uh, that are opening businesses or, you know, out of their homes. Uh, you know, it just, that doesn't make sense. You're counterintuitive to your position as governor. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say that black people are fighting for our rights. It's just, they're fighting they're fighting for our the rights that might be taken away in 10 years. They're not they're not fighting for us right now, but we're fighting for them right now because we want to keep our rights, you know. Yeah. It's about my like I think I put it on Instagram. I'm I don't believe in rights for black folks. I believe I demand my rights and I believe they should get the same ones, you know. 100%. They should get the same rights. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. None of this, none of this bullshit anymore, man. I'm tired of seeing, you know, friends die or you know these innocent guys die or you know everybody's dying everybody's dying but let's get everybody equal you know what i mean 100 percent, 100 percent. we're not gonna we're not gonna stop every cop from hurting every criminal and we're not gonna stop every criminal from realizing that they're the problem you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what, what do you do from there and i you like i don't i don't i don't know i shouldn't say this on recording but i had a thought last night like do you ever think like that cop at some point is just going, fuck, I fucked up. Fuck, fuck. You know what I, I mean? I, I, hope, no. I hope he he does. Well, I, you know what I, I hope mean? he says, you know what? I fucked up. Not, oh, I hate, I hate, you know, a certain race or whatever. Right. I did this because that, if he, if he had that mindset, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's bull, bullshit, excuse me. But, you know, as a human being, we all have to have, uh, compassion and empathy yeah. you know this yeah. is a time to come together as human beings and help the black community it's not attack each other spending rest or time doing yeah. that 
I remember and, being at work and making a mistake and just being so bummed with myself. I can't imagine if that work was like as a doctor or, you know, or a lawyer or somebody that other people, their lives depend on you, like, like a police officer or even an ambulance driver. When you mess up, that's somebody's life. And yeah, that, yeah. That's, a, that's a punishment within and of itself. And I just don't think we're, we're hearing about it. That doesn't make what he did right. It's just Absolutely. like, it's just like to know that he didn't, intentionally that you know he's beating himself up i would be beating myself up you know i would i would yeah, be oh, yeah. up like that no yeah that's something that you you would hope that he had that conscious that you right. know but it's clear that he didn't you know he Is it? didn't you know he he would have done something differently or all those other guys would have done something differently if anybody would have done something differently yeah yeah it's i don't ridiculous. know but I'm just thinking, that's why, that's why I asked uh, Chief Culp, do you think because of the 18-year veteran that he learned over time that this move works without killing people, but yeah. then suddenly this move just killed someone, and he's just like, damn. I used to drive my forklift like a motherfucker, just crazy ass, right? Because I knew I wasn't going to hurt anybody, but there was always a chance I could, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'd be like me running that crane if I run a crane like that, you know? Right. Respect that power. Uh, and then I hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. That's on me. That's solely on me. That's not the right. state. That's solely on me. And I'll have to live with that, that, that bullshit for the rest of my life. But it's, the, it's the minority of people that aren't upset about that. Yeah. And I uh, think it goes back to, uh, like you guys are saying, or chief Culp was saying, it's, it's how you're raised, how, how, how you're brought up by your parents, your, your community, even, um, you know, uh, each human being has it in their brain engraved in the brain, you know, right from wrong. They should have that right from wrong that, you know, uh, when you do something wrong, uh, you have that weird, weird feeling as though we kind of uh, good analogy is you see a cop and you look down and you might be speeding. You got that, your heart, you know, your heart yeah. does that little thing. I, when I was a cop, uh, you know, I even did that when I was uh, out of town, like, Oh, mm -hmm. oh God, you know, it, it takes your breath away. Uh, when you do something wrong, the normal human being, uh, the body supposed to do that uh, right. for, for your empathy, you know, you're, you're, you're sorry. Uh, and I'm hoping that all these police officers have that. I, I hope it's not forced on them. I just hope they grew up to where, you know yeah. what? I screwed up. I, I, I fucked up and mm -hmm. uh, you know, this gentleman lost his life because we screwed up. Right. If you can't come out and say that you, you should be locked up forever. Well, yeah. it's, it's the system that prevents him from saying that because then he's admitting something. But it needs, but, to, it, it needs to be said, you know, yeah, so that you people know, understand. Unless he's the guy that's like, you're not giving him the choice to be the guy that's like, fuck you, or the guy that's like, I'm sorry. You're just, you're making him the fuck you guy by making him stay quiet. Yeah. Well, well you know, I teach my kids, you know, if, if something happens, I want you to be able to come to me and tell me, you mm. know what, dad? I, I, I did this. It was an accident or whatever. Um, you know, as adults, uh, you know, if you're at your job, if you screw up, you're going to go to your supervisor and say, Hey, listen, boss, I screwed up. Um, these guys are in the spotlight right now. Yeah. Um, you know, through their attorneys, whatever, uh, you know, they need to, they need to make a statement. They should have made a statement the first day, I think, and okay. said, you know, come together, make a statement, uh, a formal statement saying, you know, we screwed up. But, you know, the longer this goes on, the longer they delay that, 
it's going to look like it's a forced statement, you know, something like that. And it's going to be, it's going to be used against them. And then it's going to add fuel to this fire yep. uh, that's going on. You know, you have the, the, the peaceful t- protesters and then you have the small little gro- groups igniting uh, chaos in mm-hmm. each of these cities, which is, is not good. No, right? not at all. I mean, everybody's entitled to protest. You know, you oh, have, absolutely. That's that's yeah, that's your that's your right, man. That's I mean, that's your right. Even yeah. Russians shipped in because Donald Trump requested them to be that violent, you know, aspect of the <laughs> of the protests. You know, even they have a right to protest. Yeah, well, well, as long as they have a green card. <laughs> hey, I got to throw in a little conspiracy theory. There, there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. There, there are a lot of, lot of, uh, lot of stuff on social media that are saying that groups like uh, Antifa or, uh, you know, the racist-backed groups are uh, causing a lot of this stuff to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. The businesses being attacked, the damages, stuff like that. They're inciting riots. Mm-hmm. Right. Know, and then these, uh, I find it interesting that in all these towns that they're having these peaceful protests, uh, somewhere along those paths. Of the, where the protest is located, there's a pallet or two of, of bricks from Acme Brick Company in, uh, I believe it's in Arkansas. Um, and uh, Bill Gates happens to be, uh, <laughs> at least has, has some portion of ownership or something along those lines, I believe. I could be wrong. Uh, Who do I though, by the way? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you own a brick company? It's never going to go down. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is true. All, all, all the house, all, all the homes in the South and stuff are made of brick. Right. And I guess uh, now I got to divest because somebody yeah. bought a pail of bricks. And I'm not saying, you know, that, that's a consp- that hasn't been proven yet, but it's, it's quite interesting that you could see these pictures all over Facebook from, yeah. it's not from the news, it's from uh, people, or, or ordinary citizens like you and I taking pictures like, what the hell is this brick? pallet doing here you know i love it how about you adam you got a conspiracy oh do i it's called the pandemic. oh the plan yeah pandemic. <laughs> yeah that's it that's all i gotta say about that Fuck it. <laughs> you know if you don't know you should know if you don't know you better not get a haircut <laughs> I gotta wear a mask to get a haircut now. Then I gotta wear a paper bag to walk around my house. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, it's we gotta unify, man. Oh, um, I, I think this is the perfect time to unify. Uh, uh, I'm gonna bring up. I mean, all of us together, not yeah, not the not not the minority that uh, I call the minority, the 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 whites. Uh, and, and just the Mexicans and, and cause historically and as far back as I can remember personally, it's always been the black people and the Mexican people together. It's always been that way for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then growing up all of a sudden and I'm like, Oh, okay. Well now that they've stopped beating on me, the white people are okay. And then all of a sudden I grew <laughs> up and I'm like, Oh, there's, it's not, not necessarily a division it's just you know we're all scattered now you know what i mean and i and, yeah. and all the people I, all the people i know all the people that i love so much you know that i call brothers and sisters and they, they all are all together on this united front where we need to stop what's happening you know mm-hmm. and, and i think that once we all do that on a global scale 
and we see that we're all people and we're all humans, I think that we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Me too. Yep. Americans have the power where groups don't. Yeah, we yeah. Yep, got to come together. Yeah. We're yeah. all one demographic called America. Yeah. And we got to stop I, shaming people just because of uh, what one opinion, one's opinion is and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw Drew Brees did a statement yesterday where he, you know, kind of condoned. Um, he said he would never condone uh, kneeling uh, while the national anthem is being sung. Uh, he, he feels that way. And my gosh, the backlash he got from some of his teammates, uh, people around the NFL, you know, th- LeBron. This is, yeah, this is a guy's opinion. So, you, you know, somebody has the opinion of, Hey, I believe in nailing on the flag. Fantastic. That's great. He, he's never condoned it. He's actually knelt with his teammates before the national anthem was played. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got a belief, a strong belief because, uh, his relatives had been in uh, World War II, and you know he's got a strong sense of patriotism. So when is patriotism uh, a bad thing? You know we should take that and form a better bond with somebody that's got a difference of opinion. That's what makes me me. That's what makes you you. If we're gonna have the same opinion, man, this is gonna be a dull freaking world. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Well, it made made news that he knelt because it wasn't something that was done. So Drew Brees is just on the status quo side. You know, he's not on like any weird minority. The majority of people believe the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I didn't, I didn't like Colin Kaepernick because he was a 49er. I didn't like him because he was a chucker fucking guy couldn't pass you know what is it like don't like him for the right reasons why are you pushing the ball in the air like that it it doesn't even get a spin it's toppling over what do you that's why you run all the time you more he was like a gazelle he was quick (laughs) but he you know show his abs right yeah it was his abs as he ran by his abs his hair (laughs) his hair but yeah, he, you know, we didn't like him for the right reasons and we like him for the right reasons. And he oh, yeah. did, he, he did what he did and he believed in it. And he, you know, a couple of the things, you know, those socks he had that one time was like, oh, uh, yeah, questionable. The, the stabbing of the, the pig that yeah. was in a, a police, police suit or, or something like that. It, it had some yeah. kind of police violence in it. And there, yeah. I mean, he, he's definitely using his platform for a reason. Uh, yeah. He has a belief. And I'm okay with that. I, I don't dislike him for that. Um, I come I don't from like the because belief. he's 49er. <laughs> yeah, I mean exactly. You, you do what you want to do. <laughs> but I love Jerry Rice because he was a 49er. Jerry Rice was a whole different breed of uh, 49er that they will never ever be duplicated. Him and Joe Montana, that whole era of uh, 49erisms. It's a uh, it's past. Long past. Let's get that out. <laughs> Down with the 49ers. Flush that turd November 3rd. What does that mean anyway? <laughs> I mean, you know, down with the 49ers. Nobody cares about the 49ers. I don't care about the cares 49ers. about the J- Jimmy Garoppolo? Really? Come on. Come on, Jimmy. You're riding on the nuts of you're riding on some nuts, right? right? Might as well just put a cardboard box in his quarterback. You get the same results. Average. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, uh, flush that turd, November third. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here, man. Let's uh, let's go do some shit. All right. Hey, I want to shout out Jolene Kent again because Jolene Kent is my hero. 
Yeah. Yep. Yes, she is. Took a flashbang to the <laughs> to the arm and uh, kept on trucking. Look, dude. I mean, we do that all the time. I used to shoot fireworks at my friends and me at them, but I'm not like like this ninety pound Asian lady that's you know stalking the streets of Seattle at night in a gas mask. You know, oh. she's like, I got all this protection. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have been where she was, and she went there. So she's my hero for doing that. There you go. Give a shout-out to the uh, news uh, security that took the – was being – AR-15 was being stolen out of a Seattle PD's patrol car that was burnt up. Uh, He came in blazing hot, had the low ready position at the the, uh, person that was still in the the AR, snatched that from him and and disabled it. And, uh, you know, there's a one less stolen gun on the street. So his quick act, uh, reaction definitely saved that. That's mm-hmm. cool. That's hundred percent. Right. And there. if any news uh, agencies need a security security detail, I'm unemployed right now. I'll be happy. <laughs> I love it. For you. Yep. Yep. You come find him. <laughs> yeah. My, my shout out will be to Miss Pastuski, who is the second grade teacher to my son and Miss Molly Chauvin, who is the teacher at Garfield Elementary, who is also also a founder in the Olympia Pub Crawl that happens every year. So uh, we are trying to get things in order. Hopefully everything's opened up by then. And we when, can, is, when is that usually? It's, uh, the, usually the first or second weekend in August. Jason Ooh, will might, be up for that. We will, I might have, to, might have to come down, sleep on your couch or something, pass out on your couch. You have open invite, brother. You nice. come down. Jason's coming down. We're going to get him a flower vest, and we're going to fuck some shit up. <laughs> This is so. Shout, my shout outs to the teachers of uh, of Washington State who were uh, forced out of their classrooms and then forced into their homes and to teach and have their kids home and have you know to be these these prominent forces as well as still be able to teach our kids. Shout out to you guys. Thank you very much. I love it. Hey, you know, the question I saw on Twitter was, why is it that police departments get tanks, but teachers can't get raises? And my answer was, teachers can't get raises because police departments get tanks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give a teacher a tank. Actually, actually, the salary for teachers here in uh, Pacific County is, gosh, pretty darn high. Mm. Uh, can you say hi? Wait hi. Hi. Uh, it's it's more than what a ruining our entire podcast the entire time, kid. I like you, Liam. You want to give a shout out to anybody? <laughs> give a shout out. His name is Adam. Give him a shout out to Adam. Right here, talk right here. Right? No, no, no. Talk. His name is Adam. Give him a give him a shout out. Adam. 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 So you want yeah. to give a shout out? I want to give you a shout out. Boom, buddy. What about you? What? And your mom. No, no. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> your, no, your mom. And my mom. Oh, there you go. And my mom, too. Get some brownie <laughs> points for us. <laughs> I think he just dissed you, Adam. Wow, bro. I want to give you a shout out. Your, your mom. mom. And your mom. <laughs> <laughs> your mom. <laughs> you don't want to get my mom involved in this, man. My Uh-oh. mom's a Uh-oh. firecracker. Yeah. Shout out to you, mom. I know you don't listen, but shout out to you. I know that you're going to kick my ass. That's beside the point. I'll call you. <laughs> Love you, man. Love you, Adams, man. Love you. All right, boys. All right, bye.